Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I'm here to do another recap episode of the previous 20, and, and there's also some weekend episodes too, but starting with episode 419 up through 438, I'll give you a quick uh, summary of each one of those and some things I thought of after the fact in some cases, but thanks sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Upper Deck, Panini, and Tops. So... Starting with 419, that was a rehash. And I was wondering if people would like that or not like it. I didn't really get a lot of feedback on that. I thought it was interesting that I had actually recorded, not a great recording from the talk that I'd given at the summit in 2018, uh, exactly three years early. And so much has happened. And the, the gist of what I was speaking about was how you could make a case for Dallas being an epicenter of the industry. Certainly in 2021, after Kyle Robertson's uh, Waters Creek shows that are uh, the biggest shows in the country right now, and a lot of positives coming out of this area. For 19A were the outtakes with Patrick Reno. That was from his show. And when I say listen, I, I also mean watch <laughs> because he's a, a, a YouTuber. So uh, that was fun. So I'll Patrick, at the, he's from around here, and he just has his own approach to the hobby. It was fun to bat some things around with him. He had some good questions. 419B was the Huggins and Scott auction catalog, a review, and also did an aftermath if you're tracking very closely. And I want to make the distinction is that I lost, but I am not a loser. <laughs> if you bid an auction and you don't win, you are not a loser. You just lost. I've hopefully learned from my mistakes, but if I didn't, I could have bid more and I, I chose not to. I chose to go to sleep and leave a, a max bid that was not sufficient to uh, ward off the competition. 420, recap, don't recap the recaps. 421, the dueling questions of David Porter. I was looking for not necessarily an edge, but when I look in the basketball dollar boxes, I, my theory of Panini parallels. And he said, well, look for the zebras. There's no zebras in the dollar boxes. So uh, thanks, David, but uh, keep up the great work there. 422 was Upper Deck Hockey Insights, Billy Celio. I just got to say, it's not my choice to have a single licensee for each sport, but Upper Deck in the hockey area, they've been innovative, they'd be creative in their products, even without competition per se of one of the other major card companies, they're doing their best to put out great products. Thanks, Billy, for sharing kind of how the sausage is made. 423 was risk management with Torsten Bauer. Here's Torsten, a theoretical nuclear physicist. But what is he doing now? He's working in risk management. Well, he's an all-around smart guy and a little bit of a math guy like I am. So I enjoy, we got into logarithms and other things that you'd probably have to uh, look up. We are cooking up another episode that would be, again, for those who like it, I, I get comments that some people really like it and other people don't say anything. Not every episode is directed for everybody. That's the beauty of having a day podcast. Some are going to really strike you and some are going to be not your cup of tea. 424 was uh, Chris Harris's uh, stale gum origin story. Enjoyed connecting with Chris. I've been on some panels with him and Hobby Hotline. I could see that he was a sharp guy. I thought, well, let's, let's bat that around. 424A were the outtakes with Dustin Cooley. Some of these outtakes are from the tiny excerpts from his show, or it can be after, after I've recorded my show and we're just talking about stuff. I just think that might add to what, to what we have on in the digital record. So thanks, Dustin. Enjoyed the experience and, and hopefully we'll do it again one of these days. 424B was the Panini box battle again. Still trying to figure out ways to creatively audio review sets. If I hadn't gotten what I got from them, I, I wouldn't have noticed how outstanding the NASCAR was. It kind of snuck up on me. But the sports card inside here that I just want to reemphasize is that before you buy a product, you need to look at what the SRP is for the product. And if a box is selling for way above the SRP, don't blame Panini if you don't get value. You're supposed to get value compared to the SRP. The other thing I learned in that particular episode is that you should compare sports. If it's the same configuration, same type, uh, 
uh, a lot of similarities in the sets, except they're just different sports. It may be that that if you're just stuck on basketball, well, then stick to basketball. But uh, I love basketball, but it, it, the NASCAR seemed like a, a better bargain. It wasn't as bid up. 425, dueling questions, Joe Maddalena. Sure looks like a win-win with Heritage, with Joe bringing his profiles and history there. I hope it is. I want Heritage to do well. They're a, a real bellwether within the industry, one of my sponsors, but do a lot of things. And this adds to the breadth of their team. 426, the Modern Convo. This was just the first segment. I really committed to bringing you less than 15 minutes. I do plan to do some more convos with some of these virtual Zoom dinners without food. If I do another one, this part, I broke it up. I was happy. First of all, I had terrific participation from these uh, five guys in each case. I limited it to five intentionally, so I got a little bit of a waiting list, but certainly would like to add your name if you're interested in a future one of these with five people plus me. Everybody gets a chance to speak a little bit and weigh in. I'll probably break it up a little differently, not necessarily vintage versus modern. If you're interested in participating, uh, let me know. Dr. James Beckett at uh, gmail.com. 427 was uh, Dustin's origin story. I'm struck that it seems like in the old days, there was either cards or comics. Now it seems like there's a little more of a melding together, a little more of a coexistence. Some of the grading companies are grading comics and cards, cards and comics. I don't begrudge those. who I made my choice for sports cards, but comics is another dynamic hobby that has a similar tracking. 428, the vintage convo on the budgeting, just a great group of guys. And the vintage versus modern with respect to budgeting, I thought I'd get some different approaches there. I think it really just depends on your personal circumstance. Ideally, you're in a circumstance where you don't have to budget so tightly that you can't pounce on a good deal. 429 was uh, Chris Harris coming back to talk about uh, sets that he thought, I don't know that he thinks they're underrated, but some of his favorite sets, just because he's uh, considered overproduced doesn't mean it can't be your favorite set. I'm thinking teal now, thanks to Chris. That was a part of the hobby, those early FLIR sets. And as we said, they were right on the cusp of some very special sets that came in the late 90s and special inserts. 429A, the modern convo, the emotions of world record prices. Are you mad? Are you sad? Are you glad? Are you scared? I actually had a guy... Uh, write in and say, no, I'm numb. I'm numb because it's one after the other emotion of uh, world record prices. Depending on what your emotions are, where are you going to respond? 429B, the tops box battle. Again, you'd have to listen to the episode. Very surprising winner. 430 and 431, were t- I broke it up into two uh, intentionally because Rocco Rosado is an amazing guy. The first episode, we make no mention of the fact that he is now blind. The part two, we dig into that. Very inspirational. He's obviously a bright guy and he's made compensations in order to really still enjoy this wonderful hobby. 430 was the first part when we don't even acknowledge that he's blind and get into some of that background. And then 431, you find out this totally blind collector is having about as much fun as anybody is and participating in some of the other uh, digital media and things like that. 432, the then and now collecting experience with Dustin Cooley. There's so many people that I'm bumping into now that have these 25-year gaps from collecting in the uh, late 80s and then jumping in with a vengeance now. Dustin's having a lot of fun with his personal finance dad. Uh, YouTube channel. So I, I watched some of his stuff. He's pretty prolific. I can't watch it all, but I, again, I'm more of a listener than a watcher. 433 Vintage Convo on Collectible Condition. I was kind of surprised. I think I have my own hierarchy of what I will tolerate or enjoy or appreciate with respect to centering and corners and edges and surface, but a representative group of five outstanding vintage collectors, and each one had a slightly different perspective on what they would appreciate in their collection as opposed to what would be considered collectible condition. 434 was the aftermath of the Huggins and Scott auction results. Again, I lost, but I'm not a loser. I'm going to do better next time. From my perspective, they're the only auction that's doing what they're doing. So they're not for everybody, but I sure am enjoying participating. I'm, I'm not like liking losing, 
but it's it's not about trying harder. It's probably bidding smarter. So let me encourage you with that. 434A was the outtakes with Chris Harris, Steel Gum. We just kept the recorder going and we got a little bit more into the fact that I'm a statistician. He's an economist in the U.S. economy. I don't know if you would say mercifully, but I, I turned that into a shorter episode. It was after we'd finished our other episodes. We just got on a roll there. S- similarly, 434B, a shorter episode, the aftermath of the card show. Again, it's such a big success. I thought I really need to address this. Again, I'm addressing it in an audio fashion, but you can certainly imagine 608 tables and five quote-unquote rooms with interesting stuff in each one. 435, that episode with Vintage Convo, collecting vintage, past, present, and future. We're just looking at how collecting vintage has evolved. There was a mix of ages. I suppose if I had a different five outstanding vintage collectors, maybe there'd be some, may come back to that at some point. For the most part, it's evolved. The frustration is the prices have gone up so high, but how bad is that when your collection has gone up in value at, at the same rate? 436 and 437, I put them together. I just thought if I'm going to have a dinner, it's probably good if I let them ask some questions and because I had some uh, things I wanted to put into episodes and some questions that I wanted to get around the horn. But I thought, let's use the last segment, which it was, for their questions. So each one of them had a question and uh, some of the other guys, very sharp guys, chimed in. And I'd like to say that was part of the fun for them for coming and getting a chance to ask their questions. But it was certainly fun for me. I'm getting these five guys that after being together on a Zoom call for an hour, they're not, I won't say they're ganging up on me, but they're having some camaraderie and looking forward to chiming in on some of the questions, which were excellent questions. I don't remember the five questions, but I just remember uh, when I get questions from people, they're good. They provoke in me uh, a memory or an understanding of something that has not been expressed quite that way. And then 438, the last one, this has been asked about for Rich and for me about why do you guys think it's fun or even profitable to dig into these dollar boxes, these discount boxes where everything is the same price. You might get a discount if you buy a bunch, but it's pretty daunting to look at a shoe box, much less a monster box uh, full of mixed cards that may be organized by sports. Even though I say it's fun and profitable, I think the emphasis is on fun as I reflect back on that episode and, and visiting with Rich, and there is a part two coming. But to be fair, I need to disclose I'm retired. So profit is perhaps not as important for me as as having fun. I'm having fun going through cards that I wouldn't otherwise uh, see because I'm not losing money, but I can't say if it was that lucrative, a whole lot of other people would be doing it. Number one, like I said, I think you need some special knowledge. Plus, you need to just accept the fact that this is going to be a pleasant way to pass the time. My slogan was always get rich slow. I don't think I want to get rich that slow, but when you're picking out a dollar card, and selling it for two dollars, you got to list it. You've got to sort it. There need to be some ten dollar cards in there. Even that is don't quit your day job. I did quit my day job, but I quit my day job after selling a company and and building it up. So again, I, I still love the hobby, and that's one of the ways I express it. It's my version of breaking because I don't know what I'm going to get when I sit down. And it's going to take a little bit longer than a break. Actually, it's not going to take that much longer with some of these breaks that take a long time. Anyway, thanks again, everybody. I'll be back again tomorrow with another uh, episode that will be a real episode about something new and fresh. And I think you'll like it. Thanks. Bye.